spidey senses tingling. Hello, the star of such comedy skits as the ladies' man, Mr. Slim Meadows. Is in the room tonight. Go. Not bad. That was that was okay. Yeah, he rebounded. Maybe a beast trigger. To the Paper Keg Podcast. Paper two thousand twelve. Yeah, first ever show. This is our relaunching, rebooting. That's right. We're uh, keeping our original numbering though. That's right? correct. Yeah, this is very you know. It's a loose rebooting. Uh, Paperkeg dot com. Uh, go there for the hottest. Opinions in comic book history. Dot com paper keg. Uh, this is a podcast uh, where we talk about industry news, the books we're reading. Uh, book club book this week is none other than Savage Dragon. Yipes! I am excited. Eric Larson's uh, comic book baby. Been working on it for like what forty six years. At least uh, 66 drawing, writing, penciling uh, each issue. Never and renumbered or anything. No, no, no. We'll be reading your letters to close out the show. Let's go around the table and talk about our hosts that you've come to know, perhaps in previous episodes. But this could be your first episode, so let's get into it right now. To my right, he's black. Oh God. He's a former DC historian ever since the reboot. He's become a total zero. Damn. Um, in terms of comic history. Oh, okay, thank you. Uh, he still knows a little bit about Batman. Welcome to the show, published writer Mark Farrington. Good to be back. Happy New Year, guy. Thank you. Guy, just you. I mean, he's <laughs> just dropping the knowledge on slang with yeah. us. Yeah, getting at the geese. Uh, to his right, unpublished writer... Working on a comic book right now with cover artist extraordinaire at Fiendsta. What's a comic book called? Unwritten? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah, you got to be good on that one. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Always happy to be in the bowels of New Jersey in the land of fake ponies. We love to have you here. Guy. And to my immediate left, uh, he has been described as... The most electrifying podcast host in history. I just at least did two Greg Brady so far with my squeaking voice. <laughs> Puberty time, ladies. Welcome to the show, Dale underscore A. Thanks for coming down here. Uh, we all had wa- off work today, and nobody wanted to leave their house, so thank you for coming down. Yeah, uh, we're just excited to be here to talk about Watchmen 2. Just ruin that guitar solo. Uh, Watchmen 2 has been rumored for many years. I'm not sure if you're all aware of this on the uh, other side of the radio waves. Yeah, pretty controversial, right? Alan Moore wants uh, nobody to come in and touch you know, his creation. Right. I think there's some kind of uh, hoop-de-doo because um, DC... Has not been paying them royalties either. Is that part of the equation? I have not heard that. That is part of the equation. I heard alleged. And we're going to have to we're going to have to fact check that now. Yeah, and <laughs> also <laughs> there was a man drop the mic. Also, there was a rights dispute between Moore and DC because they've been talking about doing this since the late eighties, and I guess since they could never come to terms, that's one of the reasons why we've never seen the sequel. Well, guess what they do want to do? They want to make money. And that's why they're going to do it. You know how much money they're going to make? Millions. How much? $400,000? Let's not ask you. You're not uh, <laughs> on the uptake on the math. Yeah, I am sober, so I apologize. Uh, so the some panels have leaked to the bleeding cool. The Q-Berts were drawn uh, wow. one I didn't even character. Um, as well as J.G. Jones was drawing another. J.G. Jones, often confused with Marcy. He has been doing <laughs> some art for Watchmen, possibly a prequel. And I saw... I can't recall the artist, but another the the female character popped up. Uh, the young uh, Silk Spectre. Yes, Silk Spectre has a pinup that came out, and all the images were pulled. Were asked to be taken down. Wow, bleeding cool. So where there's smoke, there's a Watchmen two prequel. I think bleeding cool. Just they just push the limits. Got to give them props for for getting under the skin. They 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 pull back 
the exoskeleton of the comics industry. Really good and inside review. Yeah, that was that was pretty inside of you to tell mm-hmm. us like that. Am I the only one that doesn't want to see another star uh, story for the Watchmen universe? Yep, everyone mm-hmm. is excited about this. Are you, Slim? I mean, everyone hates it, but I'm I'm interested in it. I mean, I read it out of some kind of obligation. I don't I don't think in this day and age we can be safe with too. stuff being untouched. I don't know. Accept it. I'm with Jonesy on this one. I mean, it's never going to compare to the original. And then we have to hear fandom moan and scream about why they shouldn't have done it. Yeah, in the that's, first. That's and then they buy it. And then they buy it. And then they'll buy it. So, Absolutely. Right. So that's what. I'm sure they'll go snarky and D- viral. Dan DiDio. He's just going to be counting yeah. the cash. They'll it's have all to do reg is. edits. It'll be, it'll be <laughs> crazy. Like this guy it's all about there. the money. I mean, that's what the bottom line is. Uh, MadDuckets.com recently reported that <laughs> this IP will make tons of money. <laughs> <laughs> Someone. I took that too far. But. Someone get in. Someone get in this guy's head right now. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Uh, I will buy it. I will buy at least one copy of The Watchmen too. I would do the same. Now, you know, morality or or ethics 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 aside, I I mean, I would still buy it. So there you go. Right. DC, take my money. <laughs> let's let's move on to. To the entire year of 2012, shall we? Been a good year so far. Uh, we, you yeah. know, we put it out on the Tumblr. You know, we were the hottest comics Tumblr page uh, probably in the past couple years, I would think. Easily, easily. Number one on the web, hands down. Yeah, don't even have to Google it. <laughs> At least on Tumblr, yeah. I, it's coming through on the wire. We are number one on the web. <laughs> yeah. Uh, twenty twelve World Wide Web. Twenty twelve. What are you uh, looking forward to? What do you want to happen? Jonesy loves beer. I want twenty twelve to be the year of the digital trade. Mm. I want the industry to start collecting story arcs into trades like they do in print, and then making them available at a lower price. Mm. I would snatch up. A ton of books. I don't know if you can say that word. Is that some sort of? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that, is that that's not family oriented? No, snatch it's up. Not. Uh, it snatch up. I couldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> now I just uh, think of it this way: like uh, Atomic Robo is my um, my go to example. Get every volume at a cheaper price for like four or five dollars, and then you know two dollars a piece for the uh, single issues. So why not wait and pick up the volume? I mean, this could be the next big. Thing. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Jesse is a snake oil imagine? salesman right now. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine waiting for Batman Hush to come out the day the last issue is released? Digital trade. He right, just your fingers. Wouldn't that be amazing? Anyone else? Anybody? Not the day the last issue was released. That'd be crazy. I know. Crazy. Great. <laughs> What was, so, so what would you price the? How many issues were in Hush? Does anybody know off? Twelve. Six oh seven. It was a twelve. Twelve so issues. So how? What would you? What would you price the digital trade of Hush at the week the last issue comes out? Fourteen ninety nine. That is insanity. How's that, that insanity never happen? Oh, I know. That's why Sa- it's a. You hope. Know, there's a, there's some well, the same day trades that have come been coming out from Image are like seventeen ninety nine for. Five issues of Who is Jake Ellis? Yeah, I wouldn't pay Yikes. that. Yeah, I wouldn't pay that. And then uh, Marvel Marvel puts out some. Marvel's actually been getting hardcore into the collections in the Marvel app, and they're like ten ninety nine or I think they put it's out good price point. They put out Maximum Carnage for twenty four ninety nine. I think. Oh my god, mm, that's Jeez. crazy, crazy good. You think that's a good price? For that's a good price for there's a lot of there's a lot of issues like, in that in that. There's story. a lot of back say, matter in that. I want to say eighteen issues, something ridiculous. Uh, yeah, there is a lot. I know that much. Usually, you're saving, I think, a dollar or two dollars with the collection with the Marvel books compared to their digital prices. Hmm. So, interesting. Now, see, I want to go the other way for you for my hope from 2012. The one thing I'm hoping that the industry does is I want to go back to Mark. You go next. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I want to go back to the single issue one and done stories. Yeah. Or at least Good not luck. writing six issues. It's probably a pipe dream. It probably won't happen. New 52 is supposed to promise us this. But everything I'm reading now, for the most part, doesn't need to be drug on as long as it is. And I miss the days where I would just pick up a story within an issue, maybe two. Not only do I know everything I need to know, but I got a good story. I think the last time I read that in the big two was the first issue Warren Ellis did of Secret Avengers. 
That was a one and it done. It was a one and done. And I think he's been doing it in the other issues. Is anyone else reading that? I am, and you're right. And they're just one they're and just done. One and done. He had different artists, I think, for each issue. And I don't even think there's an over-aching, overarching plot. Mm-hmm. It's just a one and done story. Yeah, and they were great. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he's the only person that can do it. So here's hoping we we'll see more of that this year. Dale underscore A. Moi. 2012. You uh, have been described as the podcast bad boy. What is what is happening? What do you want to happen in the upcoming year? Here is my dream. My You have it. You have a dream. I need this to be the best year, the year of years for creator-owned comics. You son of a bitch. Don't call me That was my pick. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I couldn't say snatch up, <laughs> but we could drop that. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, 2012 creator-owned, tell us about your dreams, your hopes. I just, <clears throat> we can all attest that 2011 was a great year, especially with image mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, in the digital presence. Helps all that as oh, well. Oh yeah, love um, But I just have a feeling that a lot more people are going to be reading a lot more creator-owned stuff, and that's just going to start kickstart. You know, a whole a whole side gig. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to hopefully it doesn't get like too crazy with uh, everything's creator-owned and everything's poopy. But do you think Brilliant Number Two is ever going to come out with uh, Mark Bagley? That man, I don't. That's giving creator-owned a bad name. Yeah, that th- book so late. That is crap. <laughs> but I hope with, I mean, with what Image is doing and everything like that, um, I hope it, comics get more mainstream, especially creator-owned comics, when people realize that the stories held within these books are something they would never even be able to imagine a comic book being, and it's all run by the creators themselves. Oh, man, I just I just get chills. You you, you look chilled. Whether you know digitally or appearing on comic book shelves of the of your local comic shop, like mine. My uh, my hope was very similar. I I want more. You know, we all love creator owned, but my hope was for successful creator owned. And there's a lot of uh, creator owned stuff out there that yeah, you know, maybe is revered in the community but you know not enough people buy it for it to be viable for the creator continue to continue to do it so hopefully you know brian k vaughn's saga you know is a big hit oh yeah uh i'll be buying at least one digital copy of that um you know steve Dials is a big creator owned guy he's always trumpeting the creator owned stuff you know i just want that stuff to be successful so that they don't have to you know, because Brian Wood is is all about the creator on stuff, but he, at this point, right. you know, he's he was talking on his uh, infamous blog post where the the making of comic books isn't. It's coming to the point where it's not viable. It's not a viable career for him anymore. It's getting yeah. to that point. Yeah. What What's happening? Are you, mic's off. Are you want to plug that back in? What? <laughs> Try to plug it in to the. Is everything okay right now? With... Yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. What? I figured I was redlining. So, you know, um, I wanted to so, speak away from the mic. So, Brian Wood, uh, you know, he says, you know, the industry is bleeding, but, you know, the creators, too, where he might have to do some more, you know, work outside, you know, maybe in the comic, in the video game industry or yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, that he, sucks because that means we'll be deprived of, you know, good story. Right. When it work. comes to the point where creator-owned books can't, these creators can't make a living off of it, it's going to be terrible to see it all go by the wayside mm-hmm. and then start, you know going under contract to write big two books or whatever yeah and he's doing the wolverine uh mini that's coming out for marvel and i often wonder what the you know i'm sure he's excited to do it but i wonder if if you know if that is that paying the bills or paying yeah. the bills to allow him to do more creator own stuff i'm always curious about that it's maybe providing a nice buffer for him yeah you know, to, to at least stay afloat mm-hmm. i it just stinks to think about all these creators that you absolutely love and adore, but I mean they are they're living day to day. Mm-hmm. Just the, like us. With, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's Paying it's bills. crazy to think about because they're they're they just they're printed in a book. It's crazy to think about. But you know, they might be struggling at just like you Joe, John Q public is. Except for Bennis, Jonesy says he makes like four hundred K a year. Got to. 
Easy. Hands down. Flat. You did the math last week. It was uh, insane. We're, Perfect. Uh, impeccable math. We're running out of time, so we need to make a special announcement for PK40. Paper Keg 40, codenamed Lemire Keg. Whoa. Next Exciting. week. Foreshadowing. Um, special returning guest host, super fan Beth Corto. From fan the, favorite. From the um, Buffy Keg episode fame. Everyone remember that? That was one of yeah. our most popular episodes of all time. Yeah, yeah the downloads proved it. Probably because there's you know, two broads on the show. Oh, God, yeah. So we're, we have at least one broad. <laughs> Beth is coming back. Might as well call it Red Shoe Diary Keg. <laughs> <laughs> Zalman uh, Kings. We'll be Red talking Diary keg. about Lost Dogs will be our, our book club. You know? We're going to get into Beth's head. Jeff Lemire, I mean... Let's just say it's going to be a great episode. Definitely a tearjerker of a book. I'm, I'm expecting Slim will cry during the next. Is episode. it up there with Essex County quality? Yes. I'm, I'm expecting Jonesy will attempt to cry to make it sound like <laughs> when Slim cried. <laughs> uh, let's let's keep it rolling. So stay tuned for Lemire Keg. Real quick though, while you're sure. talking about other shows or other Paper Keg episodes, I went back through the back issues, listened to some of the episodes where you and Dale were talking about how many issues of Amazing Scene Spider-Man come out in a year. Yeah. Did a little research. Since Amazing Spider-Man 600 came out in July 2009, 30 months ago, there have been 76 issues of Amazing Spider-Man to come out to date. So that averages more than two issues a month, which is impressive for Marvel. Which is what was in the press release. So, good. We're all on the same page. (laughs) I mean, what do you want? Data shmeda. That just proves my point. We gotta keep moving before <laughs> Dale. I, I have all... never seen Dale shut something down so quickly. Thank you, press release. We are all friends here. We need to move into uh, the books we're reading, new and old. Mark Farrington, dead to me. Uh, who wants to start it off? Let's start with Jonesy loves beer. Uh, I'm glad that the mic is plugged in again. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally glad I'm, you're still here. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. You uh, jiggled the handle. At least it wasn't like Mark. I didn't just do it because I was, you know, curious. <laughs> hey, I thought it was coming out. <laughs> it was what, technical uh, difficulty. What are you reading right now, Jonesy? I thought it was coming Batman, out. Batman, <laughs> number four. Scott Snyder. Yeah, I have a new nickname for Scott. Ready for this? Oh, God. Thanks. The Maestro <laughs> Scott Snyder. That's going to be my new thing. Maestro. That's actually That's his real matter. nickname. So. Can you can you see? say something once and then say it's going to be your thing? Yeah, is that, absolutely. Is that possible? Aquaman caught on. I don't know how that's... The internet's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's spelled Aquaman everywhere you look. <laughs> Batman number four. Yes, uh, great continuation of this uh, card story arc. Uh, you know, in Gotham City, there has been this uh, owl society that Batman has been investigating. This owl issue... Uh, owl men were... This issue is a uh, flashback issue where um, Bruce relates the tale to uh, Dick Grayson that as a boy, um, Bruce Wayne thought that the the Owl Society was responsible for his parents' death. So his first real detective case is him trying to link this secret society to the death of his parents. And, uh, I mean, just another home run. In this series. I got really mixed up because wasn't it like issue two or one where Alfred was telling him about the Owl Society? And now he's yeah he's I, doing research. I was really kind of shaken I up. I said the same exact thing when I was reading it because he talks about this and where Alfred you know, is telling him the story as if he knew nothing about it. Right. But in this issue, it was like the biggest thing in his entire life right after his parents died. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what like happened he, That's between... how he became a detective. That was his first job. Yeah. And, then, the yeah. part and that... then in the first issue, they're talking about the owl rhyme, the, the storybook rhyme, as if it's something like oh, yeah. new. It's like Gotham-wide. Everybody yeah. knew the Gotham and then, owl. Like, at this point, like, I don't understand why there wasn't kind of like a weird statement about this story ahead of time. I don't know what Maestro was thinking, but I don't know. Cause, like, you don't like, have to. I That's love, his brilliance. I love, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love Scott Snyder, but some stuff makes me want to reread from the beginning to yeah. see if all the pieces fit as if this was like drawn up ahead of time. I did wonder if Alfred's story was specific to Alan Wayne. The great grandfather mm-hmm. or great great grandfather. I thought maybe that was the only thing. Like maybe Bruce just didn't know about his great great grandfather's relations to the owl 
something. But right. Because now... Alfred saves, like, Bruce gets locked in this den where he thought the secret hideout was of the owls when he was younger, and Alfred amazingly finds him. One week later, the how good reveal. of a detective is Alfred? To yeah, why, is, <laughs> why did Alfred never put the cape on at that point? <laughs> yeah. uh, one last thing about Sky Center before we move on to uh, Dale is that uh, that's right. I just decided the uh, the rotation. Wow, I love that. You know, Grant Morrison had to have a run where the whole world had to get shaken up. And, you know, the whole Batman world was set on fire, and Scott Snyder could just make these simple detective stories. That on a different level, I find so much more entertaining. So, so long as the maestro keeps writing, I'll be back every week. <laughs> Keep reading them. Yeah, I think I gotta I gotta reread one through four to see how that stuff works out. Yeah, questionable so. right now, questionable. but it, enjoyable but questionable. Very enjoyable. And Capullo, Capullo, Capullo is killing it in that book. Kilting it. Meh. <laughs> I just compete in my briefs. <laughs> Dale underscore A, uh, you're electrifying the audience as usual. What are you reading? I am about to electrify my co-hosts and drop a big old bomb on you and tell you what I read. Mm-hmm. A big old Norse-related bomb. What? Is it Northlanders? It is not Northlanders. Oh, okay. I read... A Thor comic. All right, shut Get up. out nice, of here. Nice to see everybody tonight. I'm ending Boom. the show early. Uh, this is the me, just Thor and Incredible Hulk and Dale, just all bosom buddies. <laughs> hanging <laughs> out by yourselves at the lunch table. We're, we're all going to hang out sitting on top of Amazing Spider-Man issues. We're all going to live in a woman's dormitory dressed like women to get cheap rent and uh, <laughs> go through life. It's Great got movie. sitcom written all over it. I've watched that show. Thor the Mighty Avenger was gifted to me digitally. Huh. And therefore, I read it, and it wasn't bad. Okay. Um, What's happening? I have What's a feeling happening? Thor wanders into this museum that Jane Foster's working in. Keep in mind, I don't know any of these people, so is <laughs> oh, so this oh, okay. I I thought you're I thought you're reading the Mighty Thor, but this is Thor the Mighty Avenger. Yes, okay, this is Thor gotcha. the Mighty Avenger, and Thor walks in like a homeless, shabby old man. He's not old, but... And uh, they kick him out of the museum because he looks like a hobo. And then later on, Jane is breaking up with this <clears throat> man. I apologize. And uh, Thor gets thrown out of a bar window. Turns out Hyde is beating him up. But Thor is protecting a woman, sh- real chivalrous-like. That's I like that. He's a nice guy. It's all about uh, chivalry, this this issue. Chivalrous Avenger. And I'm down with any chivalrous story... Man, you know, sticking up for ladies, the ladies, and yeah. uh, that's what this book was. I am going to finish reading the other three issues that were gifted to me, huh. and um, hmm, I think that's the biggest story of it all. <laughs> I'm going to finish reading this. This was uh, this series set the internet on fire when it was released. Oh, really? Yeah. The uh, Thor, the Mighty Avenger. So it's because Thor was getting his butt kicked. It had that artist that has become a sensation. Yeah. Uh, and Somni. Course, like yeah, Chris Somni. Yeah, don't was pronounce it. don't pronounce it any other way. His and, website uh, tells you how to pronounce it. That's right. It's the only website that does tell you how to uh, do it. Everyone um, was upset when it got canceled. I don't know what how many people. There's like thirteen thousand people buying it. You know what do you expect? Yeah, it's um, it was enjoyable the first issue. But uh, Thor got his butt clearly kicked by the villainous Hyde, as in run and hide, as he said in the comic. <laughs> and then Jane Foster's fallen for him. She had to stick a mop in that bucket just Whoa. to uh, just to get on over to the museum where Thor needed to get to. <laughs> just like in the movie. Remember, she fell in love with him after oh like God. three hours I fell in, in like real both. time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did Ridiculous. you see those guns, Slim? Who wouldn't fall in love Hemsworth? with that? Yeah, the uh, you know what was great from that uh, duo, the writing and artist team for Thor: The Mighty Avenger was their free comic book day book with Cap and uh, Thor going back in time with like uh, King Arthur and yeah. stuff. Great, yeah, great free comic, comic book, book. Right? great yeah. book. What we said, mm-hmm. yeah, my son's first comic book. Was it? Life. Yeah, huh. it was enjoyable. It's a paper comic. Yeah, I don't know why he wanted to do it, but James, you know, not about to give my iPad. You go, James. Uh, let's keep the train a rolling with myself. Ninjago. 
the Lego property. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I love it already. Ninjago uh, is a Lego property. You know, Ninja Legos. That's all you need to know. That's all you, you I saw, need to I know. saw that, and I was like, okay, boom, on my iPad. Uh, it's. It reminds me of a game, you know, it's the Ninjago. Uh, they Isn't pre- it Ninja Go? Is it Ninjago? Pretty sure it's Ninjago. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Ninja Go. Guys in, uh, guys in the industry here. I, crazy. What are you doing? I'm an, I'm an industry veteran of six months, my friend. Uh, so they, they, you know, they're masters of spinjitsu, uh, which uh, evident, and my, what I can Absolutely. surmise in the, the toys are, you know, they are shot into this gun. Like and tops. They're, yeah, like they're like essentially like tops. Uh, so it's the, the story is about, you know, this Cobra Commander-ish, you know. I love it already. Tom Foolery villain that can't get anything right is trying to take down the sensei and his four students. Um, and they're battling for the world of Ninjago, you know, the safety of the world. Loved it. So is the world called it. Ninjago? Yeah, the world is called Ninjago. What is the martial art called? Also Ninjago? Spinjitsu. Spinjitsu. And, okay. the, and you the were ninjas. paying attention to that, were you? I don't think I was just, it blew my mind. <laughs> you just pulled a Farrington over there. <laughs> yeah. So I was checking my Facebook. So the uh, you know it's drawn. They're just like little fun little looking Legos in their Lego world. Yeah, it's fine. I uh, I made a Lego comic once. You made a Lego comic? I think it was one page, and uh, to model every panel, I created the scene in front of me with the actual Legos. It oh, took me wow. like. Two days to make two panels. When did you make this? How long ago? I was like nine or eight. Nine weeks ago? Nine days. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you, is it now? Did you draw it or did you take pictures and those? No, were the I panels? drew it. I I made. Do you have it in this house? No, I probably oh, threw it away. Jeez, my stepfather threw it away. So. You know, speaking of things I threw away that I should have kept was when I was younger. I wrote a letter to George Lucas to have him write an X Men movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I wrote the cast. That great. And I wrote the cast as my pick. Wizard Magazine. And yeah, and I had Patrick Stewart as Professor X, believe it or not. I was nine. Of course you did. I swear to God I did. Did I your had... mom mail it for you? Or Yeah, and I got a letter back from Lucasfilm with the, 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 the header at the nah. top saying, you know, thanks for the letter, but uh, we cannot use blah, blah, anyone's ideas for making a movie. Why not amuse a nine-year-old kid? Why has it got to be so hard-hitting? Yeah. It was cool getting the letter back. Yeah, but they got to smash I, your You dreams. know what they did? They actually said, we we since we cannot accept, uh, I, I don't know what they, there's a name for it, but submissions, um, they didn't even read it, so my letter came back. Oh. They just like, I guess just opened it and then nine sent years me old, the letter. So. P.S. George uses his napkin, so... <laughs> I'm trying to remember who else I had as the cast. Who did the Wolverine? I had Patrick know? Swayze as Cyclops, I think. <laughs> what? <laughs> the hell kind of nine-year-old kid were you? Don't uh, think of that era. He was back really in the Roadhouse. Who okay, was popular. <laughs> what, how old was I? Uh, what year? 1993. I don't know. Yeah. Who was popular ten. back you then? You were ten. There, ninety-two. Was the double deuce featured I think Tom, at all during the Tom film? Cruise? Might have been in the cast. I'm not sure. Oh, who I'm he sure was. he was. Should have been. If I had that letter, that would be amazing to oh, read that man. cast on the show. Uh, we're running out of time right now. <laughs> of course we are. That was great. <laughs> Mark Farrington, uh, we're running out of time. This is going to be the last full uh, roundtable wow. of the show before we get in the lightning round. TN. Let's see. Reading Aquaman number four. Jeff Johns, Ivan Reyes. It's following oh up on the first three issues where Aquaman is... Aquaman? Aquaman. I was listening to Dale's side comment. My bad. Aquago. <laughs> let, the, let the man speak, please. It Jesus. was following up on the first three issues where Aquaman is fighting off these invaders from the trench. He goes down, saves the heroes, or saves the civilians, brings them back up. Heartfelt moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Are you comes, pitching this as a script? Here comes the Aquaman hate. It was decent. It's okay. But it's not of the Jeff Johns caliber that I've come to like. It's where Jeff Johns' trademark has always been taking an idea, pulling out all the essential elements and melding them into one cool property versus and embracing all of the corniness. He didn't really add any depth to Aquaman. And all of the heartfelt moments that he's kind of been known to trademark for all of his other titles, it's been more, how can I phrase it? 
it's been half-assed. I mean, at wow. the end of this, to make that heartfelt moment Eep. that I get used to from Jeff Johns, he gets a dog in the end of the issue. Aquaman. Aqua do- Aquaman gets a dog. He can't swim, mind you. That was mentioned. Yep. And they don't know what to name him, but they'll learn. There's also a little kid who says, Aquaman, you're my favorite hero. I guess it's kind of galling because Aquaman doesn't get a lot of respect in the DCU or amongst fans. And contrary to popular belief, he has had a couple cool, well-written series. I was hoping Jeff Johns could really step it up a notch and make this one of the hard-hitting properties. But I just don't see it. Mm. Man, my, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. You hate, it's like you broke up with Jeff. It's not that I hate. I just expected better. Uh, this ish, this series to me is like one of those 1950s B movies where there's no depth to it. Well, that's like, kind of what I liked about it. Yeah, I but I will admit that this last issue definitely fizzled out. You know, that he great momentum in the first three issues, and then this issue is kind of like, oh, here's a reveal. Oh, Aquaman is loved again by a child. Oh, oh, we'll call him Aqua Dog. Like it was, it was very. It's like a sparkler instead of a you know firework finale. It was, it was yeah. like I'm mm. curious. You were all about the first three issues, and I was reading the fourth. Will you be back for number five? No, and that's a shame. No, they dropped the ball. Yeah, if they would have kept up the uh, madcap pace of the first three, they really gave me something a little bit more earth shattering than I'm here to stay as Aquaman. I'm a hero. It kind of would have been led into the next series, but there wasn't no kind of a exactly leading. There wasn't, you know, maybe you know, maybe that's my fault because saying you know I don't want anybody to write for the trade. You know, I can't. You know, I want one off. So I want encapsulated mm-hmm. stories. And then they give me what I want, and then I sit here and bitch about it on a podcast. The lightning round. Mark Farrington just totally Anthony Hopkins to the, uh, Jeff Johns. He just took Jeff Johns' writing material and whispered into it. He who not worthy. <laughs> Picture to follow on Twitter. Hey, we're not uh, doing another round. Lightning round, Lightning round right now. Man. Two sentences or less of a book uh, that you have read also. Lightning round. The Strange Talent of Luther Strode. Hmm. I want to read this book. Trad Moore's art keeps blowing me away with its violent awesomenessity. <laughs> Second sentence. Oh. <laughs> That's it. That's a sentence. <laughs> second, second sentence. You know, Luther's been on easy street. Now it's time for the real challenge. <laughs> Sounds like the best of the best movie poster. It does. He's the best. All right. Dale underscore a lightning round. Demon Knights number four. Fortresses built upon the backs of dinosaurs. Eunuch, man-woman warriors, the Holy Grail, Merlin. There's no way demon knights can be covered in a lightning round. <laughs> but read it anyway. Oh, God. It was, uh, it's a lot of semicolons. We might need to get uh, the insurance on that lightning round. Look, I don't... You don't respect the lightning round at all, do you? You hate it. Love it. <laughs> I want to make it my own. Astonishing X-Men Volume 1 Gifted. One of the, if not the, greatest X-Men stories of the last 20 years. Amen. However, however, I did notice some oddities in Cassidy's art with reusing art. And faces. Bring your rebuttal next week, Dale. That's great. <laughs> Avengers: The Children's Crusade, number eight of nine. Nice to see Marvel with another game-changing series. This book is the precursor to Avengers and X-Men. Game canceled series. <laughs> was that was that the lightning round? Is that yeah? That was, that's that was it. it. I thought X. Oh, we can, well, I'll save my rebuttal for next week. <laughs> Follow your own rules, Slim. The this Savage Dragon uh, from Eric Larson is our next uh, book club right now. Writer, artist, he uh, promoter. 
He left on his own to go to Image and Tommy Bahama Wear. Uh, dream book. Who knew he'd be drawing and writing it for right now until right now? I mean, how Forever. many years is that? Not me. 19, 20 years. Uh, so the first trade is issues one through five. Uh, kind of introduces the Savage Dragon a little bit. The Dragon. Uh, uh, my my quick take on the book barf <laughs> so what's the uh setting what's the overview of the book overview so, um barf is there one raining you mean my my longer form review or what's happening in the what's book what's happening in the yeah. book uh the dragon is on the police force uh he's a super powered being he uh, his history you know he's he was found as an amnesiac by one of the police officers uh, who w- wanted to bring him onto the force, but instead he, you know, got a job as a regular dude. Um, eventually, he joins the force thanks to some nefarious plot. And uh, the series, the issues are mainly, you know, Savage Dragon gets into a fight with this person, and piece by piece, you uncover the the reason why he became a police officer in the first place. All right, that's our show. <laughs> Goodbye. Did Gobo just walk in? Uh, here's my here's my thing with this book. It was the '90s. It was. In, Are you a this, Savage Dragon apologist? And this is this is not a <laughs> slight. I mean, this is a slight slight on the <laughs> writing, but this is how I would. I had action fingers when I was action <laughs> fingers when I was younger. This is how this is the plots that I would use <laughs> when I would play with my toys, right. like. You know, my guy is here, and then there's a new villain in town, and they would fight, and they would just have some kind of lame excuse as to why they're not fighting and become friends. And, I mean, that's every issue in this trade. I mean, what? <laughs> that is every issue. I wanted to like this book, and I there's certain panels that I like, but overall, I mean... 20, I can't believe it's still going on. Like, I mean, I guess, I mean, I had to assume that his writing has improved. Yeah. I mean, that, but, I mean, I guess I want to say his writing has improved, but, I mean, in the 90s, like, I, this kind of stuff with all action, I mean, this was the 90s. Yeah. So I don't think, you know, to the people out there, think it was that bad as how we would consider it now. Even the team up with the Ninja Turtles in issue two didn't save this book for me. No. It, it made was it worse. All... <laughs> Like, <laughs> I mean, how's that possible, too, when you think about it? <laughs> exactly. It was all just gun-toting, big muscles, over-the-tops, blood-and-guts action. So there are different plots going on. All, the dragon is being sent to the on a wild goose chase of crimes being committed because the officer that found him and got him to join the police force by killing his best friend um, is being Spire. manipulated by the vicious circle, mm-hmm. the bad guys, and uh, the dr- dragons figured it out all but accusing the, the the officer of sending him on these awful assignments. Right, and then he goes to a bar and starts beating up people as an officer of the law, <laughs> as as they he, are wont to do. <laughs> yeah, just starts kicking a all over the place. And not reading Miranda rights. You know what I mean? <laughs> that dragon did not want to dra- read Miranda rights. Dragon doesn't need to read Miranda rights. <laughs> As the story goes on, you learn that Chicago is being overwhelmed by some sort of mutants, super criminals, whatever. So the dragon is getting overtaxed. And so gradually, in each issue progresses, they introduce another metahuman character who joins this freak special, force. the freak force, a special division of the police squad. I guess to build Dragon's supporting cast, and all of them are amalgams of other characters. There was a guy in there called Star, who is your typical non-powered hero. Uh, You had this Superman-like character called Mighty Man interspersed randomly throughout the series. Um, You had Dart, who had A tremendous rack. She had darts wrapped around her leggings and on her headband, throwing darts. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, I wish I would have counted the ratio of panels to splash pages. Because mm. I think it's one-to-one. 
It's like it was really crazy. Like every time I flipped the page, it was like, oh great, seventy five thousand details I got to pay attention to in the art. Yeah, and yeah. every th- I mean, it's totally like you can tell him and like Liefeld and stuff. It's just all very similar. Like Savage Dragon is in these poses, like you wouldn't ever believe. He's like jumping in the midair, but his little legs are like tucked up <laughs> under his ass. And he's Dale's got, actually doing it right now. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> and he's carrying like two chainsaws by not quite the handle, but like the top, like they were a briefcase. And he's <laughs> and he's a police officer <laughs> using chainsaws. And machine guns. I almost feel like I wanted to read this when it first came out to have the experience then to my reading it now. And I'm right. And I'm anxious to read the other um, image books that came out around that time to see if they had the same kind of in your face action, not a ton of story, which I guess they do. I don't remember Spawn being that way because I remember Spawn having a kind of funky. Um, you know, hell backstory. I, I can only assume that like Youngblood is the same exact thing. Yeah, I have to assume. Yeah, Youngblood might actually be in the apps. I'm not sure. Did any of you guys read issue zero by accident like I did? I started. And yeah, then I, I did. And then yeah. I. Uh... Uh, wow, that, that was written back. Sorry to cut you off in like '06, wasn't it? Yeah, it was recent. Yeah, it was supposed to be for the 10 year anniversary of Image, and uh, in the back fat of the book, Eric Larson basically says, you know, I wrote this. Uh, Origin issue uh, as the 10th anniversary for Image. I didn't even want to do it, but I guess I'll do it. He didn't want to reveal to the fans how the dragon came about. And then he's like, he he like makes a snotty comment where he's like, uh, you know, I I stopped and looked around. It was like 10 year Image anniversary. I'm the only guy that never left. (laughs) It kind of like strokes his own ego for like seven paragraphs. But I thought, and this is terrible. I thought issue zero was like, oh, this is. This could really be good. And in issue one through five, I was like, this is trash. <laughs> I mean, it was. And I know there's a mini, a Savage Dragon miniseries that, like, was supposed to initially launch Image. Yeah. And I, then that book was terribly late, I think. I tried to find. I know we don't have that in the apps, because that's where I got the Savage Dragon trades, because I looked at the wiki and, and they, I didn't know anything about the miniseries that so, had come out before. So I read the single issues, and in the back in the letters pages, Eric Larson's talks about how uh, the miniseries was supposed to be first, because there's a lot reference to it in this volume, but, oh man, it's just, it, like, in the first issue alone, he has, like, this Hulk Hogan mustache, and yeah. these John Lennon glasses. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's the only issue that they appear. He shaves, and it's referenced in the other issues. Like, oh, you should have kept the mustache. And But then he's, like, angry. He's like, no, I'm never bringing back the mustache. You're like, we, obviously you're not bringing that back because it looked like <laughs> crap. Because 400 <laughs> issues later, I haven't seen yet a mustache. And the panels, I mean, he totally looked like, he looked like an action figure. Like, somebody, like, twisted his waist and, like, bent his cracked mm-hmm. his spine to get him in the positions for the splash pages like there was this one scene where he's walking down the stairs and his, his legs are facing downward the stairs but he's totally turned to the side but his head is looking forward and I'm doing it as a, <laughs> it was just complete awful like, I totally I get the feeling if you were to squeeze Savage Driver's leg together his fist would punch <laughs> out his one arm would Come out and clock you. As as much as we rag on this, I'm almost more anxious to read other issues or maybe find out if there was a good jump on point yeah. recently to see the difference between the first volume and then this volume to see you know what the differences are in terms of writing style or what because maybe that I'm pretty sure he fought a radioactive uh, Osama bin Laden in a, in the most recent issue. Most recent issue, yeah. At yeah. one point he fought God, if I'm not mistaken. I think I remember hearing that too. Wow, yeah, that that brings back some memories. Maybe of the guy, the guy who made us read this, our listener Craig, I think his name was. He's uh, I think he's he he knows the dragon officer dragon. Oh yeah, uh, maybe he can let us know if there's anything else we should check out. Yeah, maybe um, I would. I would be anxious to hear from Savage Dragon fans. Yeah, now. Chris Miranda. Yeah, Chris Miranda uh, likes it. I wondered, you know, what they think if they've read it recently. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe what maybe they, they think they jumped of, on. Recently. Maybe yeah, what they think of it now, or if there's any other jump on points we should look at. I really feel bad. Like I let Chris Miranda down by not liking this book. But on we're the flip Eric, side, we're Eric Larson fans too. Yeah, I like. And here's the thing: 
reading this volume, I agree with you, Slim. I kind of want to read it now and the current run because it feels like there's an inside joke in this book, and I just didn't get it. Especially for it to last 20 years. Like I feel like there's some kind of hidden message that's over my head or some kind of tongue-in-cheek facet about the book, and I just didn't get it. And it frustrates me. Yeah, it's like I want to be in on the inside with the club, with the guys. And, and you can't say this about any other book where we say we read issue one through five and didn't like it, but let's pick up the same creator, writer, and artist in issue one seventy five to see what the difference is. Yeah, right. this is a first. And you know what's funny too is if you read Eric Larson's run on Amazing Spider Man, which I believe predated this, loved it. It was nowhere near as bad. Even his art was different. I remember one panel where Spider Man had a gun and adamantium cast. That was as big as the panel, but other than it that, happens. Eh, I it's spent, part of his life. And since I read the individual issues, I spent some time reading all the letters that were written in, and I can only imagine like that. Eric Larson talks about getting like twenty thousand letters a month, and the ones he prints, they are like gushing over this book like it's yeah. the, the coming next coming of Jesus. I mean, I will admit some panels, or I mean, splash pages. The book had no panels, but some right. of the splash pages were breathtaking. Like, you could tell that he sat down at an easel and spent lots of time to have it look just right. And, you, I mean, I could appreciate that, like, technically appreciate it, you know, appreciate yeah. the work that went into it. But it didn't, like, set me on fire. It didn't burn down the Internet for me, you know? <laughs> there were some weird splash pages where he fights uh, the big dude and the girl. Ricochet. Uh, and Yeah, and he Mark first Barry. encounters them. And there's a huge splash page of his face, like, saying, you're in trouble. But it was like, this is an odd place for a splash page. I could have just been, like, a quarter panel on, like, the bottom of a page. That's and, what then, it, and that issue even ended weird, where, like, they separate, and there was no to-be-continued or end. It was just, like, you know, uh, get a job or something, and then they, they go there several ways, and the ending is just, like, Savage Dragon walking away in a really small panel. And that, that was, like, the end of the issue, and the letter pages <laughs> popped up right after that. I was like, what? I don't know. It's so it's so crazy to look back to. I mean, some of those issues were two ninety five. Really? Yeah, and well, because there was like these Savage Dragon ish pages were only like eighteen pages or something, and then there was like these crazy backstories. Yeah, that was included in the digital stuff. I was surprised actually. But was it really? Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's uh, the one. Um, I, I can't remember. There was one arson character that was included in <sighs> one of the first issues. Eric um, Larson, come on, baby. <laughs> What's funny is this book came out in June of 93, so if you look at what else was being published there, this in no way, shape, or form was similar to anything else mainstream on the market. The X-Men was with Claremont and Jim Lee, and they were doing their thing. Superman died, Batman's back was getting broken, and then you have Savage Dragon, and it was selling like crazy. Do you think that's the inside joke that I missed? (laughs) Was that he decided to go 100% the opposite way of what comics were in the 90s? Maybe. He's like, oh, you know, we're going to tell these poignant stories that are going to change comics. And he's like, I'm just going to have this big green dude break through a bunch of walls right. and just beat a lot of people up. And some of them are going to be turtles. Especially when you when you read issue zero. If Eric Larson had that in mind the whole time. Which he didn't. It is insane, issue zero, that what ha- who the Savage Dragon was before he became a police officer. He was like Khal Drogo of uh, Game of Thrones. He was like this barbaric, <laughs> murderous... <laughs> and he was just totally like reprogrammed by his people and sent to Earth. Spoilers, for our problem. It's really, really weird. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, she threw I don't know. darts. She had darts wrapped around <laughs> her leg. We like, we're running. We got we're running out of time. We what do we have? Forty five minutes. <laughs> uh, Savage Dragon Volume One. You can get in the apps. I think we almost have every single issue available. Like we might be missing maybe ten or so. Just get maybe just, they're the uh, ten good ones. <laughs> the holy grail of uh, Savage Dragon. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to, to you. Read along with us. <laughs> are you at a book club? Oh, we yeah. are. We get letters every week. Uh, maybe we'll read yours. Who knows? Letters at papercake.com. Mark, one day I want you to explain to me, because um, I read those Leviathan issues, or not Leviathan, Prometheus, that you told From me. From the JLA, yeah. right? Um, and I was paging through, and Blue Superman 
was in that era, and right up to the first Morrison arc, um, he's a blue, he's blue Superman, and there's like a kind of a goofy reference to it. Right. But I couldn't remember what, 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 what happened with that. Why? What? I remember. I remember seeing a newspaper article about how new Superman costume is coming, and it was like Dan Jurgens drew it. You know, the sad thing is, I can explain that to you too, whenever you want. Maybe we can do it on the show. Once. Maybe, maybe. Can we? Maybe when the credits are rolling. Can we do it now? Well, uh, I hear the letters sounder, so I got to get I mean, going. Maybe, maybe can, after, can it be an Easter egg after the? Uh, yeah, we'll, the we'll play the music. Yeah, after the uh, outro music, Mark will explain to us uh, Blue, Blue Superman. Superman. Thank God. Do we get any letters this week? We got a few. Yes. First one's coming to us from Sean B. Saying, "Guys, love the show and what you've been doing this upcoming year. Hope to actually see more events. I enjoy seeing all the characters right. together in one big deal." Looking forward to Inherited Jonesy. Hmm. All right. Okay. That's a, there's, a, well, there's your first buyer right there. We got a couple of eight ninety nine. That's a fair price. We got a couple <laughs> things lined up for 2012. A couple, uh, couple pinups for Inherited. <laughs> I was talking about paper cake. Uh, okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. There will be some public appearances this year. So. Oh, God. We'll oh, yeah. It. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Should we uh, spoil it? No. No, no. Not yet. Nope. Not yet. Mm-hmm. No. But keep, we will announce it as. More. Nope. We will announce it as it gets closer. Uh, what else we got, Mark? From Jeff317, looking forward to you guys chatting about Sandman at some point in 2012. Do it. Another hey. Sandman. Short, sweet, and to the point. Got I have to see that letter, Jeff. second person requesting Sandman. kind of wish I would have done that more than Savage Dragon. Got a couple of things lined up for 2012. <laughs> <Sandman>. <laughs> Exclusive. Last one's coming to us from Jay saying, Yo, Keg, who do you think would be a good fit for the Avengers after Bendis? I was big into his run as soon as he started and thought it was on par with some of the greats. I can imagine a letdown with whoever the next writer is. Keep up the good work, gang. Gang. Did you say gang? Keep up the good work, gang? Gang. <laughs> gang. Uh, that, this was actually one of my other bullet points for what I would like to see in 2012. I need... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. This is for the comics industry to figure it out, but once Bendis leaves, there's going to be a big old hole there. Unless Jason Aaron's doing it. I don't know who else they got lined up over there at the Markitechs. Tell you what, I don't want Jason anywhere near an Avengers book. Incredible Hulk is incredible. <laughs> no, maybe him or Matt. I mean, him or Matt Fraction. Matt Fraction, probably them. My, Matt Fraction is my pick. Yeah, he's he's got to be the one that's going to take it over. He's got a light load, right, nowadays? What's Brubaker doing outside of Cap? Cap, Cap Fatal. Yeah. Cap and Bucky and Cap. I'd read some uh, Brubaker. Winter Soldier. Yeah. How many books can one person read a month? I loved uh, Brubaker on Secret Avengers. Yeah, I would remember that I first would read ra- uh, first arc he did. Yeah, 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 I mean, I probably wouldn't buy it, just, depending on who the artist is. They get that Karen Gillan. I'd give it to Mark Wade. About it, let him write it. Maybe Bendis is going to take Mark over. Wade, X- yeah, maybe yeah. Bendis is going to take over X Men, and Karen Gillan is going to move on to Avengers. Yeah, I could see that. Although I wonder what what story Bendis could tell about the X Men. Unless it was just something like that. X-Men disassembled. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading... There's uh, a breakout at the mansion. The I was reading that article that compared Kieran Gillen's X-Men to The Authority, and I kind of shuddered because I didn't really like The Authority when we read it Ooh. because of all those corny one-liners that Warren Ellis would put out for that chick. And Jenny Sparks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I read the most recent issue of, of Uncanny from Kieran Gillen, and there's all this, you know speeches from Mr. Sinister the whole book oh, and man. and there's one scene where you know the big comeback from the X-Men involves danger and she's got this corny as hell line you know that's supposed to make them look more pompous and badass and uh-huh. she like saves the day and she's just like welcome to the danger room <laughs> 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 and I'm just like Gillen shaking my man. fist because he's like being all Ellis with the corny one liner I hated that stuff in authority. You know, he was probably around the office too. Like, look at this. Like, look, look what I, I wrote. Read the look at this. Could There's you imagine being the writer having to respond to him due to that? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> real original. It's Danger Room, get it? There's got to be some. I don't know what that name for that is, but Ellis started it with one-liners for female broads to make them look like total badasses, and I just broad liner. Bra- <laughs> <laughs> I just, total, total broad line. I just pictured him being like Ricky Gervais in the in the original office, and like him showing him like the secretary his his one liner, and I'm looking this? at the camera. Just yeah. this? Check this out. Yeah. Uh, totally took me out of the story. Broad liner. Broad liner. Uh, PK forty. Lemire keg. 
coming soon. That's going to be dropping next week. Lost Dogs. Read Lost it. Lost Dogs. Listen to it. Stay tuned after the show. Special Easter egg after the show. We'll be talking about Superman Blue. Can't wait. Yeah, that was a good era in Superman. And Superman Red, right? Yes, yes. maybe we'll get it. Maybe followed we'll get right after Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale. And his best friend, the Ray. Followed right after uh, that. Everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. How about the cover from Brad Eitmeyer this week? He's oh, back. God. He's back. He doesn't. He does it it. Burns down the internet. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. Uh, we will have special guest super fan Beth Corto on the show. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. Superman Blue. Superman Blue Easter egg. So, this is after, obviously, he died in his back, and he had the mullet, the Superman mullet, right? Right. They did the death and return of everything, and that story was so good, DC wanted them to do event after event. So, that's how they came That was like their civil war. Right. Once that started, they got into the events. The uh, mullet of solitude. They were in a conference one day, and they're like, crap, we can't. Top killing him. Let's just change his costume. Did but they tap you for that? Was conference? this? Were you in on that there. meeting, or was is this just hearsay? <laughs> conference call. Okay, yeah. I saw this in a message. I board. remember the conference issue, bridge number. Like uh, after the events of Zero Hour, he becomes like insubstantial. So Lex Luthor has to has to make. I don't know suit. if that's the right word. Insub- is insubstantial. In Dungeons and Dragons terminology. Intangible. Intangible. Okay. Right. It becomes insubstantial. <laughs> I mean, technically, he did because I don't think Sustained. anybody liked it. Yeah, he he, he takes half damage from here on out. So what was the storyline with that? Storyline behind that was there was a story called The Final Night back in like 96. The sun goes out. Sun is what gives Superman his powers. So former Green Lantern Hal Jordan sacrifices his life, reignites the sun, but Superman's powers still don't come back. So for a good two months, he's trying every different way he can to bring his powers back. They eventually wind up throwing him in the heart of the sun, but this is after they tried method after method after method. They How Jordan sacrificed himself only for him to do it himself? He sacrificed himself to get the sun back, but then Superman's powers didn't come back. So in all of the various experiments to get his powers back, they actually wound up changing his physiology and his powers. He did become intangible as he was becoming an energy being, so he did have to go to Luthor, to get the material made for a containment suit. Hmm. So he was like a ghost. Pretty much. Yeah, couldn't he do something weird like he could totally phase into a, a normal human being? No, not that Or something much. crazy like that? No, I know what you're like talking Like he could about. get a cold now. He or, could turn you know. on and off his powers. So right, he right, wasn't right, right, super right. all the time anymore. When he was Clark Kent, he was human. But when he was Superman, he was an energy being and needed a containment suit Just or intangible if you didn't. Doesn't even make any sense to me. This is so my question, uh, well, what started was because at the end of the first arc of JLA, he was Superman and fine, and then the very next arc, he's blue. How did that work with the timing and publication of that story? It was right around the same time. It was accurate. In fact, I remember that they actually had to push back JLA five two weeks because the issue where Superman made his big debut as the new being was scheduled to come out after JLA 5, mm. which is what you're talking about. What yeah. bulletin board service are you reading all this on? <laughs> How do you know all this? I read a lot Former of magazine interviews. Former DC historian. He did now, get his degree. DC was historian like, magazine. Because uh, what, I, what I read was the first cover that had Superman blue on it. I downloaded it, and he like showed up in the Batcave, and someone's, I think Batman said something about his new costume. And Superman said some snarky line about it. he's like, uh, we live in different times or something like, you know, complete non-explanation. <laughs> yeah. And I'm reading. I was like, that doesn't help me at all. Where's the <laughs> reference to read issue, y- you know, so-and-so? I remember that because the next panel, he's on the watchtower and he walks by Green Lantern and Flash. He just looks at Green Lantern. and He's like, you said I need a haircut, Kyle. Do you think I went too far? Yeah. Sounds like a yeah. CSI Miami yeah. dialogue. It's like, you know, Morrison's rubbing his elbow with the editor. Like, hey, hey, how about that explanation? Yeah, about that? <laughs> it's a tough gig. So, when you're writing a team book, you get thrown all the editorial mandates. What's, um, what was the storyline with Superman red and blue? Yeah, what was that all about? What was that trash? 
Let me see if I can think of that one. Oh, he's pulling. He's going to the archives the right now. Two personalities, right? Right. What happened was the cyborg, one of the guys who stepped in to pretend he was Superman when he died, <laughs> and one of Superman's villains, the toy prankster, they both tried to pull off similar crime. They teamed up to do some crimes in Metropolis. They trapped Superman, and basically he had to be in two places at once. So. They said that his split into red and blue was kind of a mental thing, and it was also the product of him being trapped in this death trap. They kind of whitewashed over that and tried to explain it with comic science that really didn't make sense. Comic science. You know the stuff where they right. just throw out the technical jargon. <laughs> just that put just the, sounds nice. Put the word quantum in there and we'll believe anything. Exactly. Um, and people wonder why I don't like Superman. <laughs> I mean, this this Easter egg is enough. It's good enough. You know what? I mean, Did you like the JLA stuff? I would use it to get both Lois You know, I didn't Lana because Lane. the first issue was drawn by Howard Porter, and then they just had some schlub drawn issue two. You didn't tell me some filling artist did issue two or I part even two tell of that. You who the hell that filling artist? That guy's was. probably washing dishes at the local, you know, In and Out, whatever it's called. Yeah, Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. All right, I'm depressed now. We'll see everybody next week. Peace All right. Out.